I'm Peter Anthony. And I'm Steve Angel. You're listening to Men With Spirit. Join us as we explore what it means to be a modern man and to live a spirited life. G'day and uh, welcome to this 33rd episode of Men With Spirit at Radio Karam. This is a show where we encourage men to get out of their heads and more into their hearts, to be more authentically connected with themselves and with others. Regular listeners would know that integral to this intent is to live your life according to your values, whatever they may be. Hi, Steve. How are you today? Hi, Peter. How are you? Good, good. We'll come back in a little sec on that. Um, today, today we're, <laughs> we're a little bit discombobulated. What's that term? Because we're trying something new. We're using some technology. We're operating a bit remotely. So it's, it's going to be an interesting little experiment. But uh, Steve's in control here. So I've got the utmost confidence that everything's going to be fine. Um, so fingers crossed. And our special guest for the show today is consultant, coach, and mentor, Liz Blake. Welcome, Liz. Thank you for having me. Um, hello, Peter and Stephen. Good. We'll come back and introduce you a bit more comprehensively in a minute. Um, in this episode, we're discussing something that's very topic topical, particularly for those of us who live in Victoria. And the topic on today's program is voting for your values. But before we get into this topic and more formally introduce Liz, I'd just like to check in with you, Steve, and how are you feeling and what um, what exciting things have you been doing in your life? And my big question is, following on from Michael D's talk last week, have you made a mm -hmm. killing on the stock market this week, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I really haven't had much time to uh, to look into that, to be honest. But I guess, you know, I did mention last time that I, I did get my uh, fine back from <laughs> the Victorian, the speeding fine, yeah, for that yeah. Frankston intersection. You actually got it back? Yeah, so uh, maybe there's some money now I can invest into uh, Stock Nostradamus. Um, but yeah, I'm really thrilled. <laughs> I and I got my demerit points back. So yes, I feel very uh, vindicated. Yes. <laughs> the, the observation I made last week, I think, still applies. There must be an election coming for that mm. for them to be so generous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, other than that, how's my week been? Well, um, let's see. I had a lovely time on the weekend. We went down to Yarragon with some friends oh, yeah. uh, to have lunch. I didn't really explore that part of, of uh, Victoria. It was really lovely. We had a lovely day, beautiful um, meal at the pub there and... Yeah, explored the little town. Yeah, so that was really Yerrigan's nice. really good, isn't it? Yeah, mm, yeah. I, I often go there when I used to take bus uh, trips with the kids down that way. Um, oh, that's good. Ah, good yeah. on you. So that was really nice. Um, overall, I'm just watching this year keep ticking away very quickly. That's, uh, that's what's happening for me. So mm. um, overall, everything's really good here. Um, I'm really excited to hear from Liz today. I think this is a really important topic for everybody, and I think it really aligns really well with the message we've been trying to, um, to broadcast for the year, you know, about standing up for things that you believe in. Um, mm -hmm. What about yourself? Have you enjoyed the unofficial uh, long weekend? Yeah, I feel uh, very rested. Thank you, Steve, uh, for the long weekend, which the unofficial long weekend. Um, <laughs> been doing some prep for today and uh, watching and reading some very informative materials that uh, Liz provided, which I'm very, very appreciative of. Um, 
as well as also going to Freddy's for some coffee on a few occasions, one of our station sponsors. I've also been a little reflective. Um, Tuesday this week was, of course, Melbourne Cup Day. And in Melbourne, in, it's a public holiday for the uh, race that stops a nation. But uh, I've been reflecting on my interests and how, my, how I invest my personal time and how much this has changed over the years. I used to often go out to the Cup and all that sort of thing, but of very little interest to me these days. Um, the other thing I, I was thinking about is just how invasive gambling has become in our society. Everywhere you look, there's gambling apps or, you know, and all this type of thing. I think that could be a topic for another time, Steve, but um, it really is very pers- uh, pervasive, I think. Um, do you want to introduce uh, what we're talking about today and introduce um, Liz? Yes, please. Um, it'll be an honour. Uh, Liz Blake is an educational leadership consultant, executive coach, and reinvention mentor with Lateral Insights. Liz is on a mission to help Victorians better understand our electoral system to maximise the power of our vote. Um, She's encouraging us all to be less apathetic in voting and to find candidates that stand more with the values that we believe in. Liz wants to help us understand how our peculiar preferential system works here in Victoria, how to vote properly for your candidate of choice and how to use your vote to make real change. Please welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you very much, Liz. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm great, and I want to just say that I feel very honoured and privileged to be invited to your show, and um, yeah, it's just it's it's just gives me a buzz. Thank you so much. Pleasure all ours. <laughs> now, Liz, tell us a little bit about yourself and and lateral insights. Right. Um, that's a very, very big question. I'm not sure which part to talk about. But um, at the moment, my focus is pretty much at the uh, in, in my title there. I've found a niche that is uh, in the political realm that has never been visited before or occupied before um, in education. And education can be seen as, um, political education can be seen as a a long-term far-off thing, but it's actually also urgent. So it's not only important, but urgent. And so I'm taking leadership in there because of the skills that I have elsewhere that I could see they fit here as well. They fit there. And um, so I've done a lot of executive coaching before and but started my career, which is all the umbrella that my business Lateral Insights comes under. But I started my career as a mum in the country with four kids and, and married um, uh, in direct selling. And, and from a country town, I built a very multi-million dollar business, went to the top st- and stayed there for That was a 16-year time, and that was a very bedrock time of building a great deal of skills. And then I came to the city and changed things and uh, one of my reinventions and and then learnt all the other things around that that would make my skills and extend my skills uh, much more, but make them uh, not palatable but uh, attractive in a corporate and other, you know, non-direct selling, but a bit more formalised settings. So I've done a lot of work in that. Does that help? Does that answer your question? It's a good start, Liz. I'm sure there's more we're going to uncover there for sure. (laughs) So let's... Let's just really cut to the chase here because we're here to talk about how did did you find this niche that you're talking about? 
That is such a good question. And I want to start it with a question as well. What if four years of decision is worth more than five minutes of your time? So, <laughs> so mm, late question. last year, I was um, launching um, a my latest reinvention, which I'd been mentored for a couple of years and um, practising in a smaller way, but I was launching that into a big project to help people, uh, a, a very specific niche of financial systems experts, you know, to uh, who were stuck in their jobs. I mean, this is by the by, really, but it was a very, very tight niche of people, um, you know, to to actually kind of reinvent themselves or find other options, you know, people who are extremely frustrated at their ceiling and could go no further in their um, in their realm. And um, and I was at the edge of that, ready to go, and I just kept this, this thing of – I kept on being so avidly involved in reading the political and viewing all the long-form versions of the political side of what was going on in Australia and the world, and, and it was just such a distraction. And I came to a point, I thought, you know, Liz, no, you need to just turn your attention to you know, uh, building something constructive, building something constructive, you know, actually be, create the influence, create the ripple, um, not just commentate. And and so I was at the edge of, of literally two weeks from launching this project and it occurred to me that what if this politics thing isn't a distraction? What if it's the thing? And, and so coming back to the story, um, coming back to the story. So I th then one of the things that converged around November last year was I read something from someone I knew about ten years ago, and I thought, oh wow, you know about what was going on. And, and so we had a phone call. You know, we had a conversation. And short story, he invited me into a a, a loose a loose group of not a loose group, <laughs> but a group a, a loosely. Uh, meeting group of people who were just interested in uh, seeing improvement in Australia, and um, and I came into that, and that short sto story on that is that became quickly became very strategic, and and because I and I because I wanted to take to them, uh, yeah, I needed to find a way in to deliver, you know, this solution, this method, using this methodology to create a real grassroots movement. And while I wasn't able to attract the attention of the minor party leaders at that time, because I was unknown, I was absolutely unknown in the political realm, and <clears throat> and and you know, starting from zero really, and and I had spent hundreds of hours, you know, talking to people, you, you know, getting deeply in the side of Australian elections, and uh, and and as I said, this this group it, it became the work we were doing just loosely behind the scenes became very strategic. And it really started, and and I partnered with with a um a, a big um pro democracy movement in Australia, and uh, they were brave enough to 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 partner with me, and and so because I needed a list because this was kind of under the radar, just going to get it going, and it brought enormous focus to that uh to that um not not for profit organisation, enormous uh, focus to the uh, volunteers and increased the volunteer activity incredibly. So, like, there was incredible focus. And I know this because I got the emails. Because <laughs> those who joined Liz, Liz can, I, can I just ask, um, mm. in, in your experience, how do you believe most people feel about voting, elections and politics in general, you know, based on the experience you've had today? Yes. Um, they feel like I did up till about four or five years ago. 
and which is like, uh, well, actually, probably there is a variety of it's just an annoyance. It's just an annoyance. Just leave me alone. You're going to do what you're going to do anyway. There's that. Then there is the I do care, but it's all too hard. I was in that basket. I don't know who to trust. And so I minimally care in reality, but, you know, I talk about it more than I do something about it. And then there is the few who who really do care. And then amongst those, there's amongst that whole realm, amongst that whole realm, there is um, the lack of uh, not um, uh, uh, strategies that are perhaps not up to date with how to uh, reach people. And, that, and that's not a disparaging comment. That's just a comment. That's all an observation. Yeah. But but voting is not a popular thing in Australia, but it is growing. And we saw through the federal election work, the five-day program I did, um, which was a world first, okay? And the one in Victoria is the second in, in leading out from the front. Um, but we saw in that an incredible awakening. And, and my thing there was, you know, yes, we were going for change and a particular shape of change, uh, non-partisan, but a particular shape in change. Uh, we, we were driving towards that. But regardless of the result, it was a cultural thing that, that is underneath everything because we are becoming as Australians and, and we're sliding down a slippery slope and who and how we show up now is who we are becoming. I don't think I was ever taught about the uh, electoral system, about voting in any formal way whatsoever. Um, I think that I just basically was told what to do by my parents when I was 18. Um, I pretty much voted according to what they were voting. That slowly changed as I got older and wanted to be more liberal and a bit more social minded. And, you know, and then I think I just became complacent. Like you said, I fell into one of those brackets where I was just like, oh, this is all just too hard. Nothing's really going to change. So this whole um, educating people about voting and their, their power to vote, it is, it is new because oh, I have never experienced it myself. Yes, it, it really is. And um, so we cover, you know, it's so important in that education to cover the basics. Um, look, I would imagine, I don't know, but I would hope that if someone does political science at school, that they would learn something about how things work. But I do know everything is very loaded. I know this because I've got grandchildren and I see what they bring home. Every subject is very loaded with the ideology. Every subject is very mm. loaded with the ideology. But the actual basics of how things work, um, I, I don't know the extent, and, and that's not what I learned in, in, in university either. Um, so, so the Australian context, apart from issues, et cetera, but the, but the basic concept, context, we didn't, that, that wasn't really. Um, part of the education but it is so important because if we don't understand um how you know if we don't if we, we if we hear the words um for in victoria context legislative assembly legislative council lower house upper house they don't mean something it's a foreign language they, there's no image that comes to mind so mm. there's no meaning to that so we so we can't base our any thinking on that because you can't logically think or bring reason to something that you don't identify with, you, you know, that you don't, so, there's no definition. Hmm. So we, we need to understand how the political system operates, how it's structured and those different elements to it. And then we need to look at 
it seems to me, and it would be interesting to get your view on it, Liz, um, that how our values, to what extent our values are reflected in the political system or the, or the people that are elected into the political system and, and how, um, how to, if you like, um, engage in the system to try and get uh, our personal values reflected in the system and the processes and the policies that are adopted. Um, would you agree that that's what it's all about? It's about understanding the system and uh, and then trying to get our values represented in the system. I absolutely do, and um, I absolutely do. And because I see your face, I'm not sure sure who I'm speaking to, so I'm not using your names. But <laughs> um, Pete, okay, thank you. Um, okay, uh, uh, but um, it, it absolutely you're absolutely correct, and and I. I believe not from my ideology but from my understanding of life and, and having lived 62 years and being a pretty intently observing and a, a, a real intense student of life, that I believe things are about a balance. You know, we need the left, the right. We need the centralised and the decentralised. We, we need both sides represented, you know, the both let's say, polarities of anything represented to get the wisdom and to rebalance every time because society and life and the world and nature is always in a continuum of being rebalanced. It goes one way, it goes another. You know, I work too hard and then I put it back into my family or clean the house. You know, it's like, and then it comes into a balance again, you know. So, um, you know, so there's intense times, then there's less pressure, but there's these polarities and it's the same in politics, that we need the representation from both sides, politi- uh, 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 polarities, but, but through that our values must shine through or it's all a muddy, uh, it's all a muddy, um, actually it's permission to politicians to do what they want. It's actually an endorsement for whatever they've done to continue. What do you mean so, by that, actually? It's a good. I'm glad you caught that um, because politicians care about being elected and I'm more interested in governance than politician, politics. Governance is what government is about. That's the word. Government is governance. <laughs> it's not politicment. <laughs> but it, but at the, these days, politics kind of tends to run things. And so when we have a voice, so, so there, there's there's what is happening, uh, all the legislation that is passed, um, all the policies that are passed through to corporates, which are embedded in corporates, etc., and all the things that politicians or the government do, the majority in the government da- does, um, all that is is goes on until election time. And election time is judgment day when we and this is this is a question I'd love to pose to people is what if what if we could have a voice? What if we did have a voice, whether we believe it matters or not, whether we believe it works or not, but what if we had a voice and, and that voice interrupts the flow and it puts some resistance into what the politicians, the reigning politicians are saying and doing. And that resistance is really important. That resistance, it's not, it's a positive resistance. It's a, it's a constructive resistance. It's the resistance we need to be healthy. We always need some resistance to be healthy. And so to let politicians do what they want to do unhindered without 
uh, proper or reasonable and uh, worthy resistance like values, like hang on, where are the values in this? Without that resistance, it is silently, it's your silent voice saying, well, what you've done is wonderful, keep going. And in fact, keep going and even do more of that because we like it so much we've said nothing. Mm. Yeah, I think there's um, a lot of the politicians seem to be about expediency. What do I need to do to stay in power? They're not, they don't have this moral compass that they, they, they're trying to do the right thing. It's, it's just about staying in power. And I thought it was really interesting. You did some interviews just recently, Liz, um, with, um, uh, with a minister, a, a rabbi, an imam, and asked them a series of questions to do with values and, and um, basically uh, do they feel that the political system or those in power were um, exhibiting the right sort of values. And that was a very interesting discussion, I felt, from different perspectives. But this whole concept of, of values driving um, what's, uh, what should be happening rather than uh, a lust for power. Yes, I was actually really pleasantly surprised <laughs> because um, I knew that the, most of the people viewing those that educational program were of a particular um, uh, perhaps stream of a religious belief if there was any religious belief. They would be more of a particular stream. And, and I thought bringing in two others could actually be my downfall. And I thought, well, you know, like, um, a, f a famous brand once said years ago, you don't know you've reached the edge until you step over it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I seem to have made that part of my life in the last 15 years or 20 years. And, um, uh, but it's, it's true. And, um, and, and so I was actually really surprised that, um, and I've told these religious leaders this, how uh, chuffed I was about it, it's a bit of an old-fashioned word, isn't it? But uh, mm. um, but th th that we lost, we, we didn't lose any viewers over that time. We, you know, while they were speaking, we didn't lose any viewership whatsoever both nights. And I, I was really like that. Told me something that that was very interesting. What, what, what did that? What did that tell you, Liz? Good. That tells me because because each and I want to give credit to these gentlemen because th they were all senior. They're all senior in their streams of. Of faith and and very visible and known and and they reached I pushed them to reach beyond their own well they were already had a higher purpose above their own stream to reach to fight for the values higher values in our state rather than the um, the anti state it is in and so they already had that but they then reached beyond even that and I, I pushed a couple of them to okay so how would values speaking up for values these universal values some call them Noahide values but these universal values that are, seem to be written in our hearts um, um, I, I pushed them towards um, okay what about why would that be good for people without faith? You know, the, the atheists and the people who, who just go about and they have no formal faith, like, or are you just being selfish, you know, for people in your own, you know, and, and mind you, there's nothing wrong with standing up for your own. But um, and, and they responded to that really well and they thought and they said, you know, and they said, look, that's not a hard, that's a hard question. But, and they went on to explain it and it was, I was really impressed. Yeah, it was really good. And I thought the um, 
the rabbi it was really good. He had seven um, key points he made, which I thought uh, I certainly identified with. So it was it was a great to hear those uh, particular people. I, I'd add in um, another thing that we often refer to on this show, Liz, um, a, a blog site called The Wisdom of Crazy Horse. Mm -hmm. And I was going through there looking at um, some uh, quotes to do with uh, values, elections, politicians, political leaders, voting. And I got up to about 28 pages of quotes that um, Crazy Horse had, has given on, on those topics. So it's a really interesting um, resource to have a look at. It's the wisdom of, uh, wisdom of Crazy Horse dot blogspot dot com uh steve i'm just conscious of time um we might do what liz do you want to talk about your um uh your first music selection and uh why you've chosen the song you have is that the muse one <laughs> <laughs> it's it Uprising by Muse, and um, it gives a, a little bit of an insight into you. Why did you? Why is it important to you? Um, I love the interesting music in Muse. I've got to say that the constant creativity and the the interest, the absolute musicianship, but their words. Um, and that song, uh, you know, there's no like it's common in in our in our world to have swear words and that kind of thing, and some are worse than others. That, but I've chosen a song without any in that, any in that. But that uprising to me, it's very important because it just it just does something to me because it's um uh it's it's this great uh, philosophical, prophetic, political uh, kind of song in in sound and words in lyrics that that is like the uprising of ourself the uprising and it can be anything but it's the uprising of uh you know the awakening even but it's that it's not just awakening it's an uprising from the life within and because we all have that core of life within us that that spark of life that, that, you know, we can't explain, that it's inexplicable and this, uh, you know, so there's this uprising and, and, and it's not only something that we've repressed and, you know, through apathy, whatever, but, but there, there is an uprising as we awaken and, and, it, and it actually is incredibly energising. It makes us creative. It's the place of creativity where all creation comes from and that's so uprising. I love that. It's a great song. I've been listening to it the last couple of days, Liz, so thanks for sharing with us. Thank you. Let's hear Uprising. Welcome back. You're listening to Men With Spirit on Radio Karen with me, Steve Angel, and my co-host, Peter Anthony. And today we're discussing voting for your values with our guest, Liz Blake from Consultancy Lateral Insights. Welcome back to our second half, Liz. Liz, let's just... Let's, I want to ask you a question about values. How do you choose a, a political party or an independent that actually meets or, or shares the same values as you? Do you have any advice there? Yeah, that's, look, that, that's, the, that's the big question. And um, so it may depend on local resources, but the first thing that we can start with is, you know, what, what are the key values that that the key things that I value, like the really key things. And then um, that only really, when, when we took looking at politicians, that only 
uh, that matters when we see what they have done, their track record. or mm-hmm. And if they're new in the field, for instance, they're standing for the first time, you can see their, look at their track record beforehand in life, what sort of, you know, what sort of business, if they were in business, what community uh, involvement they had. Has it been all politics? Because all politics probably means they haven't had a taste of real life. And that's the real issue with most of our politicians in Australia and around the Western world, at least, uh, that I can comment on the Western world. And so, but values mean something when we do something. That's called integrity. Integrity is my declared values acting on them. That is it. Now, I don't pretend to think that it's not difficult in politics. I don't pretend to think it's not complicated and hard and that there are probably great grey areas and, and that sort of thing, you know, that's, you know, but but the to find candidates of value, uh, sorry, with the values that I have, I would look up some, for instance, uh, if you have some religious type values or values that, kind of align with people who have some kind of faith, I would go to their websites. In Victoria, I know the websites in Australia who have who have done the homework on these parties have got these values in their policies, that sort of thing, and they put it in a chart. And and then there's there might be organization one or two organizations or influencers who are doing the work of that analysis as well. Um, but the beauty is, here's the simplest answer, I guess, is that we're not voting for the whole of Australia or the whole of Victoria. We have a local region. So we have a region in Victoria, and because I know this this uh, show goes elsewhere outside of Victoria, but in Victoria we have uh, two levels, regions, which is kind of like a Senate in the federal system, and, and we have the the more local areas, the, uh, the districts. And, and so, but we're only voting with our, within our sphere, so our research is not overwhelming. So we can see mm-hmm. who, what parties and independents are standing, and that's in our election, that's already visible because they need to be visible because we they want us to elect them. <laughs> so it's not difficult to find out who is standing for our region and area and just go and have a look. And the Victorian Electoral Commission, they have all that information on there, don't they, in terms of who's that- nominated for the... Legislative Assembly, which is the lower house, or the Legislative Council, which is the upper house. Yeah. They do. They do. Now, you've got to do your own sorting because it, it, it would just be the names, etc. Um, but, you know, you might search for a site where that aggregates all of those people sitting and who are contesting, aggregates them into a table, and you can say, well, I'm in uh, Region X, and, and, oh, these, this is the person or these are the people in that party who are already sitting members. That means they're sitting in their position, okay? And then there's these other ones who are contesting and like, oh, okay, totally disagree with their policies, that one, totally disagree with that one. Uh, that one's okay. This one's good. And it's even if you've only got an okay person, you know, what I call okay, um, that's better than bad. Mm. So and, what and do we the, need it, to... It, no, go ahead, sorry, Peter. Sorry, I was going to say that in the Victorian situation, in the lower house, you're electing one member for, to represent your um, electorate or, as it's called in Victoria, your district. 
and in the upper house it's a multi-member region so in my region i'm actually electing five representatives for my region correct so that's the way it, it works yes. here and there's a lot of people contesting both of those things of course yes mm, mm, mm. and in the upper house we we it's optional it's optional preferential so we only have to vote for a minimum of five people in the upper house so if there's a lot of others you don't want anything to do with you don't even have to vote for them. that's not correct well it's okay, technically correct you're technically correct that's the rules and if you don't follow the rules your vote is informal so this is really really good you've said that pete uh, peter uh, yep. so yep. there is in the upper house this is where victoria and this is the importance for anyone in any state of a federal system to check out your state this is why it's important for education because mm -hmm. you don't know how your state runs necessarily and and victoria is the only one in australia state in australia that has this system and so we have a choice in the upper house which is that uh, uh that's not the the actual elected government it's the council part but in the upper house there is a choice of there is a big white ballot paper and it's got a line a thick line through it across it and above it there's only a few a row of a, just a thin row of names and that's called above the line kind of makes sense and then there's all this heaps and heaps of columns uh, and there will be heaps in our state like 23 or so and and they and they're columns below the line and in in our rules you have to know this our rules it's either or above the line or below the line we have to know that in victoria mm -hmm. what's what's actually important and i'll quickly get to this um in victoria what's important is that when you vote above the line you are you are saying here party you uh my vote goes to all your preferences what you've chosen now that's okay if all their preferences align with your values but if there's a glaring contradiction in their preference list which after 30th of november is declared and set in and, and this is local to victoria but it gives you an idea of what to look for in, in states different states um but uh in victoria you know after the third Two weeks before the election, let's say that. Um, so it was the 14th, I think, 14th of November, they have to have their G, uh, group voting ticket declared. Yeah, yeah, I believe it's the noon, the 13th right. of, you know, but by the 14th yeah, we'll know yeah. and pre-polling starts on the 14th. So, so, mm -hmm. so when we do above the line just one, and that's the rule, you can only do one, you can't do anything more or it's informal, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. then you are saying yeah. party X, I'm giving my all my voter preferences to you. So that's where you want to check out how that party has chosen their what they call group voting ticket in victoria or their how to vote card so and if 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 you actually want to be more in control or you think i don't really like their choices i, I still want to vote for them but i don't really like their choices I don't like the deals they've done or whatever then you can vote below the line and you take control mm -hmm. now the way this works and this is um similar through the Australian, federal and other Western countries as well. And, and I'm only saying Western because I'm a little bit more familiar with our systems. Um, but how that works is, and certainly in Victoria, is if you just do vote below the line one to five, the minimum, um, your mm -hmm. vote can what is called exhaust. Now, that gets very technical, but it, it, it it's, think of it as, your vote one to five, 
and I'm going to be quite graphic here, you vote one to five, which is what you have to do, one, two, three, four, five, minimum below the line, um, that is like being given a car with a steering wheel and petrol. And it's got a little bit of petrol in it and you've kind of, you just put your vote in, the you know, and, and it's in there. But to drive your vote to the direction that you want and to keep out the ones that you don't want, that's where you need the education. So you need actually okay. to do more. If, we, if you just do the minimum, it can be giving up your vote. And I'm, I'm saying that in rough language. That's not technical language, but it's everyday language. So you're suggesting then you would continue to be putting um, your vote in. So you'll be numbering what virtually all of those boxes? Very good point. Okay. So now this this is a nonpartisan show. This is all below. This is, this is all we're talking line. below the line. Right. Okay. So imagine yep. if view. For, this is below the line for the upper Correct. house. So the big white paper. Good. So view, uh, uh, listeners, if you can imagine a big white rectangular tablecloth in your mind, which is, uh, with a line kind of across, not the middle, but across it. And so we're looking below the line. This is the context of this. Um, of this discussion. So um, now what, what I'm advising, what we're suggesting, and it's not just my advice, it's coming from obviously from people who really know what they're talking, they know, they know the numbers, et cetera, is, is to first look at all the part. The, let's say this, if you love what's already in power, just do what they say because this is a nonpartisan show. So, you know, I have to give the options. Mm -hmm. If you love what is already happening, just do what they say. If you want to have a voice and bring up your values and you think there is something lacking and perhaps, the, um, for instance, the big parties because they are the ones in power that hold more power, um, if you want to discipline them a bit or get them to listen a bit more, let's say, then then you need to put enforce your voice forward. And for that, th this, is, this is the technique really is to... Uh, divide to look at all the parties involved because that that's all the parties contesting your region. Look at all of the columns there, and you see, okay, I'm going to, and you just identify all the small parties. This is if you want to make a change. Identify all the small parties who are okay or great. Okay, anything that you th in, ter in terms in terms your of your values, values. correct, exactly, yeah. correct, exactly, mm -hmm. and then you'll look at others and you'll think, no, I definitely don't want them in parliament. Definitely don't. Definitely don't. Definitely don't. So you make a mental chasm or a mental divide between the two. Now, of course, the ones that I really don't want might be the ones that, of course, people, some people, even might some of my friends might really want because <laughs> I have. Friends across the divide, <laughs> and and because um, it's I think it's good for you, um, but so, so there's the what I call the okay. This is for my values, okay to good, and then the I never want them, and then there's the big parties in the middle. So this is so we're talking about how our the Victorian system works here. This is not an emotional vote. This is a governance vote, and so for, for change for, to, for your values, if that's what you want. And so using the Victorian system, if you want to change, you would be numbering in, in the order that you want all the small parties from your favourite to your least favourite that are okay. And then you would end with the big party that you least hate and you'd vote down the column for them because there, because as the preferences flow, and this is a very quick, quick good lesson, but as the preferences flow through, they will 
they will land in that big party that's got the most that's the most similar to the okay ones for you. So so you've got these and it, 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 sorry. Yeah, so so you picked me up on this before. It, it, it's a really good point that um, that if all you do be- below the line is vote for minor parties one to five, as you say, you could just waste your vote because it gets extinguished. That it doesn't get um, carried forward in terms of the allocation of preferences, and therefore, at the end of whatever number you vote for, it could be eight, ten, fifteen, whatever it happens to be. At the at the end would be uh, one of the major parties that you say least dislike, or whatever it happens to be. But at least your vote isn't going to be extinguished. Yes, and and so that it'll end up somewhere. Exactly. So so it might very well end up in your least disliked big party. Okay, it might very well end up there. But if it doesn't, let's say a couple of those small parties, if that's what your wish was, let's say a couple Mm -hmm. did or one did really well and actually got a seat. Well, they wouldn't flow through, but you actually got your will Mm -hmm. done anyway. So that's how to push your will forward. So it really brings home that that it's critical to understand how the political system actually works in your state or jurisdiction. And once you know that, you say, okay, these are my values. How do I use the system or the characteristics Mm -hmm. of this system to actually try and elect people that share my values? That's correct. And what I've just described will really probably have uh, foxed some people and probably most viewers, uh, listeners, um, and, and in fact, they'll probably be thinking, but how can that be? How? Because I, I would have thought that too until it was very carefully explained. But it's in the upper house, the way it is counted and the preferences are counted, um, it's both based on quotas and that. And I'm going to leave that because that gets technical. That, that's a whole mm-hmm. session on its own, which I haven't even put into the education because it's, it is a whole session on its own. But... Um, but because of the way it's set up, that's all I'm wanting to say, because of the way the counting is done, and, and, and I'm not making any accusations, it's just the method, that is why we're, we are recommending that if you want change, that you do the, the kind of, you fill in your ballot in the way that I have mentioned. So if you, if you were of the opposite values, you would use the same methodology in the reverse to me, what I said. Yeah. Although you don't know what I said because you don't know what I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's quite complex, isn't it? It is. I think it is. It, it, it is and it, it isn't. Is. I think, I think the, the mechanism behind it sounds complex, but I think our role, if we are willing to take, as you said earlier, Liz, five minutes to determine what's going to happen for the next four years. Let's just say you have to take, I don't know, 30 minutes, a little bit longer than that. But if you're going to make it count, and I think that's ultimately it, isn't it? We have a vote. There is power in our vote. I don't believe we've been using it, or I know that I can say that for myself, not been using it to its potential. And I guess this is what you're really presenting to us today, Liz, and what you're trying to do with your education program. It is, and and to even simplify what I said, simplify further what I said, you could even think in your mind, you know, because I'm very, you know, I've I've trained people for many, many years and I'm kind of, I can can feel the cogs turning in my own head even as I deliver things, um, information. And so even if at a simpler level you could think, you could look at 
the Victorian system in that upper house below the line as, um, okay, thinking of, okay, who are all the parties and independents, who are all the parties and independents who are good to okay to tolerable, whether they're small or big parties, you know, that, that they're better than the worst and make sure you vote for all of those. But but in the case of wanting change, you do all the smart small parties first and then with the big party because um, going down the column because that is the thing that is kind of the catch, the catchment. It's the catchment of your vote mm-hmm, yeah. if it isn't caught further upstream through your preferences. That's pro- hopefully the simplest way of saying it. I've got a question for you. Say, uh, say you've got, let's say we're beyond the election now and now we have a party in. You know, we may or may have gotten who we wanted or there may have been a disruption. How do we hold how do we hold them to account now? Because I think like you mentioned this earlier, often we'll just be quiet and allow their behavior to continue. And in that silence, we acquiesce and we say, okay, it's done. It is what it is. But how do we still remain active in this process and hold people to account or candidates, parties? That's look, that's probably a big question, but if I can try and answer that from a, an everyday point of view, as in what anyone could do um, without making their life all about politics. I might suggest that if you've spent a little bit of care in voting, you'll know the names, you'll know the names who got in in your area and and the ones that you wanted in and did or the one that you wanted in and didn't get in. You'll know those names and then that's a great springboard to be able to write to them when and to visit their office you know and I'm saying it makes it easier if you put some effort into your vote because kind of the names ring a bell you know that they ring a bell so it's kind Mm -hmm. of already a little bit familiar and then so you can write to them go to their office speak to them um you know I through the 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 COVID um the pandemic uh period um I, I had I was in chat I was in some great fun, great chat um, groups online with people who I would never have mixed with previously because we, you know, originally we would have probably voted for absolutely opposite parties and that, but there was some things that brought us together and it was very, very fun and supportive and that. But um, but I noticed these people were, um, particularly females, but there were males there as well, they were very active and very ready and very quick to just, just write to parliamentarians write to their member write and and say something and that and i thought it, it actually respected it you know it was it was constructive not destructive it was it was mm. appointed and it wasn't being rude yeah so mm. can, can, can i just make make it quite clear that in terms of the discussion we've been having about below the line this is about electing people to the upper house to the leg, legislative council so we're voting on our region five members in our region so we're voting that's the upper house the lower house the legislative assembly is the house in which government is formed and where the the premier is comes from um whoever that may be after the uh, election um so when you're voting for the lower house for your electorate um, you're voting for one member and it's uh, it's a white paper similar to what we had at the federal election, and you're choosing numbering. If you've got eight people standing in your electorate, your district, uh, you number one to eight um, on that paper, 
and the one is the person that you're um, you want to see elected, and the eighth is the the eighth lowest or uh, in terms of your preference. But it's important that there are two different voting systems, if you like, depending on the house, and, and that's why that we have the two different papers. So we need to do our homework and vote for candidates who uh, who share our values, whatever they happen to be. Yes, um, Peter. Just briefly, that that lower house is a a a, 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 a green ballot, and um, and yes, it is simple and it and it is very important. The reason we've been concentrating on talking about the upper upper house is because it's a bit more complicated, and that is where also that a crossbench comes from, and they are the people who actually have quite a lot of influence. Whoever gets into government and holds government, the crossbench can actually be quite critical. Are quite crucial, I should say, in what legislation is actually passed or blocked. So it's very important for our values to come through into our vote. And, and we could have in the, if there were a number of independents elected in the lower house, they in effect form the crossbench in the lower house. Um, they're not aligned to either of the major party or any of the major parties. They would be putting a vote, let's keep that simple and say in the lower house, they would be voting for um no no the lower house is who is in government that's that's just yes. i think let's keep to that that's they're the ones who propose bills let's keep that simplicity there they they propose bills they propose amendments among amongst themselves and all that process then when they as a government let's just focus on that when they as a government um uh, decide, okay, now we want to take it to the next level so that the bill yeah, is passed, yeah, then it goes to the upper, yeah. yes. Yeah, so in the in the lower house we have the, the party that's in majority is the government, we have the opposition party which is there and then we may have uh, other parties or other independents yes. in the yes. lower house. Yes. But the party that has the majority in the lower house is the Correct. government. Okay, we got all that. Sorted. We're, we're fast moving on in terms of time. Um, Liz, if people want to get more um, access to more resources or information, are there any particular sites or anything that we could put in uh, as a uh, provide that people could go to? Uh we don't have to give them now, but we could perhaps include them in the, our post, post, our Facebook. Right, post. that's great. Well, of course, we would always start with the VEC because they've got the basic rules and and they do have some really obviously they have important information in there. There's no strategy in there; it's the basic bones. And yes, I do have other resources mm -hmm. that we can place into your page. Yes. Okay, and your email address uh, or your uh, website is? Um, okay, so my email address, um, put it this way, perhaps at the moment the most, uh, if, if a person wants to keep up to date in what we are doing, they would go to voteyourvaluesin, or one word, .com, and then they'll get emails about this whole election period and they can be part of a conversation in a in a, um, a private discussion group as well. Um, but to just be in touch with me, Liz, L-I-Z, like the Queen, <laughs> our late yeah. Queen. Anyway, um, Liz.Blake, B-L-A-K-E, at Lateral Insights, meaning like lateral thinking, insights with an s.com.au mm -hmm. so it's liz.blake at lateralinsights.com.au 
I'll take emails, no problem. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Thanks very much. Steve, do you want to sort of just uh, summarise things and then I'll do a quick wrap-up? Oh, I think really what we heard today was we need to take some time. We need to really see that our vote is important. A little bit more attention as to who we want to represent us, because that's ultimately what government is about, representing the people. And as a person, find someone or find a candidate or a party that's, that aligns with your values. Understand the voting process, as Liz has explained, and you can obviously contact her and, and um, find out some more information. And, and be active in it. Be more active than you have been and make the change that you want to see. Here, here. Okay, look, um, information or links about any of our shows are available from the Radio Karam website, which is radiocarum.org, or via our Facebook page. If you want to attend any of our Men with Spirit gatherings, event details, including how to register, are on our Men with Spirit Facebook page, at Men with Spirit. And you can also email us at connect at menwithspirit.com.au. Liz, many, many thanks for being on today and sharing your wisdom with us. I think we've all got a much better idea about uh, values in politics or lack of values in politics and how the system in Victoria works uh, for better or for worse and how we can best engage with it. You've chosen one final piece of music. Do you want to tell us what it is and why you've chosen it? And any final comments you want to Thank make? Thank you. Well, I'll, I'll perhaps I'll do the final comment first. That um, some of this education, you know, it it does, you know, can be a little bit eye glazing when you're very new. So I do have a YouTube uh, channel on it, um, Liz Blake Political Education. It's like really easy, Liz Blake Political Education, and there are set recent sessions there that you can look at. But um, the the other the second song that I chose, and thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, is I just love John Farnham's where he's our, a, a national mm-hmm. treasure of ours and uh, I just wish him all health as well too. But um, The Age of Reason, I've always loved that song. I love You're the Voice but everyone's singing it and, and I just thought I love Age of Reason. There's a couple of words that stick out to me like, um, you know, it's about the world around us. So why Reasons. Why can't we stay still love each other? Why can't we be kind? Why can't we have the um and you know look around us and we can be kind and have the arguments. We can have the arguments and be yeah. kind and that's what I would that's what I would leave um my part today with. Okay, right. We'll we'll go out with uh, John Farnham's reasons and uh, thanks for listening everyone and until next time be true to yourself. <laughs>